welcome back. This is Chicken Philosophy. <clears throat> Carl Jung Black Books, um, part 27, in which I will continue reading Carl Jung's Black Books. <clears throat> How's everybody doing? I hope you're doing well. Just getting settled here. There won't be a moment. I just kind of got to take out the crow thing rocking. Couldn't find Benedict this morning, so we're going with uh, Dzogchen. Six to one, half a dozen to the other, right? <clears throat> All right, I think we're at the beginning of a new section. Before we get started. Sanguis Christi. Mm. All right, that's good. Um, shit. Mm. I don't want the wine to. Uh, <clears throat> it's gold plated. Uh, let's see. Shit, I should have thought of what to do with this before. Shouldn't I have? You want to see this, don't you? This is part of the part of the fun of it. All right, it's going to go in on the yoga block. Okay, now I think I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's get to it. <clears throat> the comparative study of the individuation process. In November 1928, oh, I was going to play music, wasn't I? I was. Yes. Oh boy. Oh boy, that's rolling. That's rolling across the room. Holy incense. Wow, this is like a comedy of errors here, like a Mr. Bean episode. Um. <clears throat> In November 1928, Jung convened a seminar at the Psychological Club, the club on the subject of dream analysis. It took the form of an extended study of the dreams of an irritable, anxious 45-year-old businessman who was estranged from his wife. The seminar ran till June 1930. That October, Jung gave a week-long seminar at the Hotel uh, Sone in Kusnacht for 12 German doctors. All right. The seminar was held in response to a request from the participants to hear him speak on the development and meaning of the unconscious of unconscious images. He described he described the active imaginations of a 30-year-old American woman subsequently identified as Christina Morgan. All right. uh, after this, he had intended to continue with his English Dream Analysis Seminar. Asked to repeat the seminar in English, he instead proposed an alternative, quote, the development, three dots, of the transcendent function out of dreams and visions, and the actual representations of those images which ultimately serve 
in the synthesis of the individual, the reconciliation of the pairs of opposites, and the whole process of symbol formation. On October 31, he asked Christina Morgan's permission to use her material to, quote, explain the secrets of unconscious initiation processes, end quote. He added that he had already used it in his German seminar. <laughs> it's always good to ask for permission for something you already did. Um, quote, from a purely impersonal point of view, naturally, hiding any personal influences. That's good. That's good. Responsible. End quote. And it was, quote, really of rare beauty and an almost unique case in its completeness and accuracy of vision, far more than we expected when we were personally dealing with it. You know what? Just for fun, maybe, maybe uh, you've been wondering, like when I make reference to my wife who's Indian and I always point that way, you're like, is this person real? Is this person in his head? Um, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip of Pew from the Esoterra Nerd podcast, an introduction segment in my first conversation with Joe Zabinski, in which she describes a dream initiation that she went through. Take it away, Editor Edward. Would you like to introduce yourself? First, let me see. Yeah, my name is Pew. Pew is the nickname. Priyal is my name. Priyal Manjari. Fratibiti is my husband. It was like I, I saw myself walking through a through a tunnel. It's an underground tunnel, both both side torchlight, old timey ancient looking, and it was red color. That color inside the tunnel was red, and these flames, a torchlight with flames. And then I was walking, walking, and uh, I was feeling a little bit scared, but my heart was full of like compassion i was feeling bad for all the all the painful sounds i was hearing screams of people and it was weird they wanted to touch me to feel better there was a woman standing on the other side of the tunnel and she was she was wearing all black and uh, yeah and uh, she was i remember her skin it was, she was an old woman and she told me that uh, if you really want to get initiated, if you're ready for this, then step, step on this and uh, come this side and uh, are you ready? Then only I said yes and then I went to the other side and she told me to eat a piece of raw meat. Mm pink raw meat and she told me to eat it mm. it was it was on a leaf and i took it and uh, yeah and and there was a big tree and there was a white light coming from above like a moonlight mm. and uh, yeah it was that <laughs> it was whole dream was very very intense and yeah, strange initiation in dream. Seems a little wonky. All right. Okay, I think we're good. Um, yes. And it was really a... Yes, we read that already. Rather than present his own material, 
He had found an example through which he could show a process parallel to what he himself had undergone, thus vindicating its clinical application and showing its replicability. This seminar can in part be regarded as an indirect commentary on Liber Novus, to demonstrate the empirical validity of the conceptions that he derived in Liber Novus. He had to show that the processes described therein were not unique. This seminar was to run for four years, coming to a halt when Christina Morgan's identity became apparent. Thereafter, at the student's request, he turned to the subject of Nietzsche's Thus Spoke Zarathustra, viewing it through the lens of his own self-experimentation and reading the work as if it were Nietzsche's Liber Novus. In October 1931, Jung ran a seminar in German at the Hotel Sone. He spoke again regarding active imagination, drawing this time on a series of different cases. This appears to have attracted a much larger audience than the one he had drawn the previous year, with about 40% of the participants being from Germany. He followed this with a collaborative seminar with Wilhelm Hauer on Kundalini Yoga, and the uh, transcription of that lecture is right here, which forms the basis of the Western understanding of yoga, tantra, and kundalini, and is uh, part of the impetus behind this entire project of reading the black books, is to get into Carl Jung's head, and then read Serpent Power, as he did, and then read his thoughts on it, and then over time, I don't know, read the Vedas, read these books from the Bihar School of Yoga, maybe, I don't know somehow expand my awareness of yoga, get back into yoga, become a yoga teacher again, uh, start spending time in some genuine schools, not just schools that are like specifically, you know, Yoga Alliance certified, marketed to Russians and Americans and folks coming over here to get what they could have gotten over there, but getting it over here so they could say they got it over here instead of over there. But instead going to the non-Yoga Alliance certified, like genuine bona fide, far out, you know, Indian hillbilly type uh, yoga schools. And then when this turns white or gray, I'm pointing to my hair, by the way, for the people listening to the audio only version, um, I will be able to uh, comment on the differences between uh, westernized yoga and quote unquote real yoga. But until then, I'm going to hold my tongue on that subject and just do research. And while I'm doing research, probably learn, learn some other stuff in the process. That's the plan. Anyway. All right. It came up, so I showed it to you. That's how I do things. Hopefully, hopefully they won't bring up anything inappropriate to show you on YouTube. I'll have to blur it out. <laughs> Let's uh, keep reading, shall we? Where were we? Yes, Hauser presented the topic in seminars in German and English, 
and Jung provided psychological commentary. Oh, don't you love psychological commentary? It's the best. Sorry. On its symbolism, emphasizing the emergence <laughs> of the imagery among uh, contemporary American and European patients. The commentary of what? A seminar in, oh, uh, maybe, yeah, collaborate, Kundalini Yoga, okay, all right. In working with Hauer, Jung was in effect continuing his collaboration with Richard Wilhelm, exploring the cross-cultural symbolism of the individuation process and how Eastern esoteric practices and the, quote, unconscious initiation processes, end quote, of the psychotherapy of individuation could illuminate each other. Hauer and Jung also worked with Heinrich Zimmer in his seminars in Berlin in 1933. This is where you find a little bit of overlap. It's a one-way overlap where certain folks from let's say Germany in the 30s were fans of Jung, but Jung was not a fan of them, if you know what I'm saying. As far as I know, that's my understanding of it. Hopefully it will be proven correct. How come the music stopped? What the freak? I don't care what you play, just play something by Stefan Grappelli and uh, David Grisman that one time in San Francisco. All right, where was I? I don't know. Jung also began to get involved in psychotherapy organizations. In 1930, he became vice president of the General Medical Society for Psychotherapy, which was predominantly German in the 30s. All right. After Ernst Kretschmer's resignation in, in 1933, he became the acting president and then president in 1934. Some of his associates, including associates, including Carrie Baines, had strongly advised him against this. He was criticized for taking on the position, but saw his aim as one of, quote, trying to get a still young and insecure science into a place of safety during an earthquake. Ah! Good analogy. All right, end quote. He set about internationalizing the society and protecting the status of Jewish practitioners as independently as independent members. He was also heavily criticized for comments contrasting Aryan and Jewish psychology at this time. He being Carl Baines or he being... Carl Jung, Carrie Baines, well, anyway. In the mid, now, given the context, we're not talking about the people of Persian-ish descent who came into northern India thousands of years ago. We're talking about a completely different usage of the word Aryan. Anyway, um... In the mid-1930s, Jung took up the study of alchemy in earnest. His acquaintance with it went back to his research for transformations and symbols of the libido. In his view, alchemists had been engaged in something akin to what he called the process of active imagination. Furthermore, alchemical symbols depicted the process of individuation. At a historical level... Mm -hmm. 
Again, Sonu revealing his Americanness by not saying at an historical level. I had a, a podcast episode once called To Be an Hipster. Anyway. Uh, yes. Yes. Right. At a historical level, the work had further significance, as the symbolic material was precisely what was excluded by ecclesiastical Christianity. Ecclesiastes meaning church, churchy, churchy Christianity. And thus had the function of compensatory undercurrent. For example, Jung's vision of the god Abraxas bore striking parallels to the figure of Mercurius in alchemy. He noted in retrospect that, quote, my encounter with alchemy was decisive for me as it provided me with the historical basis which I had hitherto lacked. And, quote, the Gnostic material he had studied had been too remote from the present, and he believed that alchemy formed the historical bridge between Gnosticism and the psychology of the unconscious. If his thesis was correct, he would be able to demonstrate that the results of his undertaking were not limited to himself, close associates, associates, uh, and patients, but with wider historical and culture significant, cultural significance. Had he simply published his patients' material, their cases could easily have been dismissed as the product of auto-suggestion or suggestion rather than constituting firm empirical evidence, firm, yes. His philological deciphering of alchemy took place in a series of eight notebooks and an index volume. He wrote out extensive excerpts from alchemical texts and underlined key phrases, which he then recorded in the index volume. Call slips in the volumes indicated that he initially conducted extensive research in the Basel University Library back in the winter of 1935. That just reminded me that I used to have Israel Regardi's copy of, I think it was Man and His Symbols, with a lot of underlines and like HGA written in the corner in the margins and stuff like that. And I ended up giving that to Chick Cicero. And he had me sign it. So it was signed by Carl Jung and Edward Reeb. And it's in Chick Cicero's library. True story. Anyway, um, I don't know where I was. Hmm. Call slips in these volumes indicated that he initially conducted extensive research. No, I already read that. In 1935, he wrote, quote, individual dream symbolism in relation to alchemy, end quote. And, it, no, it wasn't signed by Carl Jung, it was signed by Israel Regardi. Signed by Israel Regardi and Edward Reeb, a book by Carl Jung. There it is. Um, right. <clears throat> in 1935, he wrote, quote, individuation, individual dream symbolism in relation to alchemy, end quote, and included as an epitaph the following lines from Virgil's Aeneid. That's how you pronounce that. Quote, I mean, three dots. Facilis dissensus averno, noctes atque dies patet atri, ianua ditis, 
Sed revocare gradum superasque evadere ad auras, hoc opus hic labor est. Three dots, parentheses, Roman numeral 6, 126 through 129, and parentheses. Now, aren't you glad you majored in Latin? It's okay, he translates it into English. Easy is the descent to Avernus. Night and day, the door of gloomy Dis stands open, but to recall your steps and pass out to the upper air, this is the task. This is the toil. You need oil for your toil. And don't diss people, it's disrespectful. I added that last part. These lines are spoken by the Sibyl at Kume, cautioning Aeneas, not Anus, Aeneas, that's how you pronounce that, who ardently desires to descend to the underworld to see the face of his father once more. The citation can be read as a repost, as a R-I-P-O-S-T-E, not a repost, but a repost day. I've ever seen that word before. Lots of times. To Freud's citation of the Aeneid at the beginning of the interpretation of dreams. Freud quotes Juno who is thwarted by Aeneas, <clears throat> quote, flectere si nequeo superos aceronta movebo, end quote. Ha, 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 just my type of humor. <laughs> um, what's the translation? Uh, parentheses. If I cannot bend the upper powers, I will move the Acheron. Ah! Ah! End parentheses. The publication heralded a critical turn, as Jung was to spend the next 20 years of his life immersed in the study of alchemy. The epitaph spoke to his situation, for he had completed <coughs> his descent into the underworld, his, quote, confrontation with the unconscious, end quote, and had stopped writing in the black books. And had chosen not to publish Liber Novus at this juncture. Hence, he was faced with finding another way of presenting his insights, gleamed, gleamed in his self-experimentation. The return to the upper air, <clears throat> by means of comparative historical scholarship, was to be his task and his toil, as he commented to Aniel Jaffe years later, for something like 15 years long, I read books to find a sort of clothing material for this primal revelation that I myself could not manage. It cost me 45 years, so to speak, 
to bring the things that I once wrote down somewhat under control in the vessel of my work. While Liber Novus had been an attempt to present the meaning of the revelation, he now had to come back from the, quote, human side, end quote, from science. The cost was considerable. Quote, I paid with my life, and I have paid with my science, end quote. Alchemy now presented him with a mode to present his researches in an allegorical manner. Hence, his works on the psychology of alchemy were double-sided. While they present original historical research and formidable scholarship, they were by no means purely academic studies. As in many ways, the key referent was not what the alchemists may or may not have been engaged with, but Jung's presentation of his conception of the individuation process and its depiction in symbols. In an encrypted manner, images and conceptions from Liber Novus and the Black Books surfaced, contextualized, and amplified. From the 1930s onward, <clears throat> Jung looked for a way to rediscover, through his historical scholarship, the concepts he had independently arrived at. There were two main settings in which this project unfolded. In 1933, after an interval of two decades, he returned to the university, lecturing at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology. He was appointed a professor there in 1935. Between 1933 and 1941, he lectured over the course of 14 semesters, presenting a historical overview of modern psychology and, above all, a comparative study in the individuation process, focusing on Patanjali's Yoga Sutras. Ooh. Ooh. We got Patanjali's Yoga Sutras there. We got them here as well, although the title is Four Chapters on Freedom, but it's Patanjali's Yoga Sutras with commentary. Here it is also with commentary by a very popular molesty guru uh, who was at Woodstock. Got everybody to say Om, hundreds of thousands of people. It's very disappointing that he turned out to be a creep. I liked this book. I read it back when I was innocent and unaware of that. Anyway, <clears throat> um, I think those are the only two copies of the Yoga Sutras that I have. Anyway. Uh, where were we? Are we at a stopping point? Mm, no, I don't think so. Yes, the uh, spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola, in addition to the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, Buddhist meditation, and Western alchemy. Oh, pray tell. Are you talking about Zen Buddhist meditation or something a little bit more Vajrayana based or Theravada? Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just Buddhist. It's, it's 3,000 years. Of... Anyway, uh, the lectures were open to the general public. 
The critical insight that enabled these linkages and comparisons was Jung's realization that these practices were all based on different forms of active imagination. Yeah. Yeah, yoga, Buddhism, St. Ignatius, all different types of something you made up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll go back to go back to the seven-year-old thing. Yes. Yes. No, you didn't make it up. You discovered it. Yes. I get it. I understand. Sorry. And that they all had their goal in the transformation of the personality. I mean, as a means toward an end, an end is synonymous with goal, so no. No. Which sounds like Sonu, but it's different. Anyway. He understood the latter as the process of individuation. Yes. See, that's the, that's the thing. That's the thing. Is he's cramming all of yoga and all of Buddhism into his own philosophy that he developed through his decades of experimenting on himself and chasing ghosts around in his mansion in Switzerland. So it's worth looking at to see what what he added to the Western understanding of Eastern uh, practices, right? Right? This is a little bit, a little bit. But it's also interesting in itself, like as a thing that he created. Like uh, how, um, you know, Padmasambhava added, added a spin, added a little bit of his own uh, practices, his own experience, his own point of view to the Vajrayana Buddhism that existed before he was born and then brought it to Tibet, thus giving birth to a new philosophy that's almost the same as the old philosophy. Similarly, Carl Jung did the same thing with uh, yoga, tantra, kundalini, and Buddhism in the Western mind, creating a new form of these things, which you could say is inauthentic. But so is Mahayana Buddhism, right? So is Vajrayana, so is Tibetan Buddhism, if you're like being a Theravadan purist. Anyway, um, what, was, what were we talking about? He understood that, yes, thus Jung's ETH lectures provide a comparative history of active imagination, the practice he had developed in the black books. We're not finished with the section, but we're gonna end there because we are. And I'm going to read the first three verses of the Yoga Sutras, just cause. All right. <clears throat> now, the exposition of yoga is being made. Yoga, chitta, virti, nirodaha, meaning. The restraint of the modifications of the mind stuff is yoga. Skipping all the commentary. 
Tada drastu svarupe vastanama vastanam. Then the seer abides in its own nature. Till next time. <laughs>